Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 8. What a wonderful presence of the Lord. And I, I felt such an anointing settle on this place just a little while ago as we were worshiping Him. And it is that power that breaks the yoke. It is that power that not only breaks the yoke, but it destroys that so that Satan can not use that again against me in my life. I'm glad to be in that kind of atmosphere this morning. And I pray that God will help us to receive the word of the Lord. One verse of scripture, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 4. God is speaking to his people through Jeremiah the prophet. And he is speaking to Jeremiah to speak to the people. And this is what God says. Moreover, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Shall they fall and not arise? Shall he turn away and not return? There's more that we could read, but for the sake of time, we'll conclude there. But for just a few moments, I want to talk to you from this thought. Why we find it so hard to do the right thing. Amen. Why we find it so hard to do the right thing. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My title seems like an oxymoron. If it's right, why should it be hard to do? If it's right, why should it be hard to do? If I could answer that question, I could resolve a lot of conflict in people's lives today. If I could give you the answer, I feel like a lot of trouble would be cleared up this morning. You see, the trouble is not with just doing the right thing, or it's not the thing that is really the focus, it is the person Behind the thing that is the concern. You see, we like to blame our issues for why things are as the way they are in our life on things. If it wasn't for this or it wasn't for that, then I would be in a better disposition. I'd have a better attitude. I wouldn't be acting the way that I'm acting. 
And yet the truth is, the trouble with doing the right thing is not the thing to be done, it's the person that needs to do it. I've been captivated by this portion of Scripture for the last few weeks, and I, I, I have come back to it, laid it aside, and come back to it, and I cannot get away from the simple message that God has been speaking to me from this passage of Scripture. Now, I, I would have to, uh, if, if you would go with me on a journey, and I want you to understand the text, the context of our Scripture setting in its true uh, surroundings. You see, God is considering his people in their present condition. And if you would allow me to use the terminology, we, we are actually eavesdropping on God's thoughts. And God has some questions. He, there's some things that God does not understand about what he is seeing transpire in the lives of his people. And he begins the conversation with the word, moreover. And that word is very powerful in the original Hebrew. It means to say. Now, it's different than speaking because speaking is a generic term. It's just uttering words or syllables or sounds, but to say something indicates that there is direction and there is purpose with what is being spoken, that it is not a casual conversation. It is not just some loose word that is floating around. It is not just some random thought that comes into the mind and the heart of God, but it is a direct divine revelation of something he wants them to understand. And so God saying to them, I have a direct message for you. And I would today that God could touch us with that same kind of directness, that we would not feel like we were just sitting in another sermon and going through another Sunday morning service, but in reality it would be as if God were talking to us personally, individually, that he had us and us alone in mind when he said these things. And so it was with Israel. God had zeroed in on some things in their life, the things that were going on that did not make sense to divine reasoning. And God is puzzled by what he sees. And he speaks of it in terms that you and I could relate to. He uses two things that are common to humanity. He talks about a man falling down, or a man taking the wrong direction. And he says that a man who falls down or stumbles or he is knocked down or he is thrown down by 
life or circumstances or whatever. They don't always do that to themselves, but life does a number on them and knocks them off their feet. He said the normal natural response when a man falls down is to get back up. He said not only that, but he said when they go in the wrong direction, let's let's say they make a wrong turn on the freeway and they're heading down the wrong road and it it dawns on them that they're going in the wrong direction. The normal thing to do is to turn around and go back in the right direction. This is God's reasoning. He's saying in the flesh, in the natural, that's how we are. That's how people are. I had gone to graveside um, at Brother Wolf's funeral and I was coming home. And I stopped in Dairy Queen or someplace to get me a drink. And when I pulled out, I wasn't thinking real clearly. I had too many other things on my mind. And so I turned out of the parking lot and I drove down the highway. And I had driven for about 10 miles when it dawned on me that these surroundings didn't look familiar. It... it, I didn't remember seeing these when I was on my way there. And I thought, God forbid. I made the wrong turn. I'm glad my wife wasn't with me. Amen. But it it dawned on me, so I pull over to the side of the road and I get my trusty phone and maps out. And sure enough, I was 10 miles in the wrong direction. And you know what? I didn't have one problem, not one problem, turning that thing around and heading back in the right direction. Because I wanted to get home. Now, I could have, I guess, just kept going and say, well, you know, I am moving. But am I moving in the direction that I need to go? And so this was the conundrum that God was, he was struck with. He could not understand that in the natural realm, he is witnessing a phenomenon that he could not fully reason out in his mind as to why things were going the way they were going. God's consternation was over the fact that they would immediately in the flesh, if they fell down or got knocked down, they would get back up. Or if they made a wrong turn and was going down the wrong road, they would not hesitate to stop and turn around and get their bearings and start going in the right direction. But why? Why do we find it so hard to do something spiritually that we find so easy to do naturally? 
This was the consternation that God was struck with. Naturally, it's obvious. Common sense tells you if you're down, you weren't made to be down. God gave you two legs for mobility and to stand up. He didn't design you so you would grovel on the ground all of your life that if you got knocked down, you just say, well, you know what? That's life. But you get up. Or if by chance you get your directions messed up and you're not sure and you make a turn and you head out and but somewhere down the road you begin to realize the signs are not they're, 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 they're not registering. I don't recognize where I'm at and you realize I'm, I'm going in the wrong and you turn. We don't have a problem with that. But God said when it comes to spiritual things, people fall down. But they don't get back up. He said, and you, you can go ahead and read it. It's, it's in the remaining portion of these verses. He said, you fall down, but you're not making any effort to get back on your feet. You've gone in the wrong direction, but you're not making any effort to turn yourself around and head back in the right direction. God's puzzled. So why, let me ask you again, why is doing the right thing so difficult to do? I mean, it's obvious, common sense. My dad called it horse sense. I don't know, but the horse does know the barn. And if it's going in the wrong direction, it knows how to turn around and go back to the barn. But... When it comes to our spiritual life, why is it so hard for us to do the right thing? To recognize I've fallen. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not moving in the right direction. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the right environment. And then do something to help change that situation. We wouldn't think twice about what the right thing to do in the natural would be, but we hesitate when it comes to the spiritual. So why do men stay down when they fall? Why do men just keep traveling, barreling down the highway of life, going in the wrong direction as if it doesn't matter? Why is it that instead of backing up and turning around, and pointing their life in a positive direction. Why do men keep going down the wrong path? Why do we keep pursuing the wrong things? Why are we entrapped by these things so that we cannot turn ourselves around or we cannot get back up after life has knocked us down? And then God reveals to them the reason. Here is why we find it so hard to turn around and to get back up and to stop traveling down the wrong road and in the wrong direction. And he identifies several areas that all men struggle with, and we struggle with them. Number one, he made this statement about them. He said, you hold fast deceit. 
Now the word hold fast indicates that you have a good grip on it. That you have fastened yourself to it. This is my story and I'm sticking with it. So much so that you become obstinate when others might indicate, hey, don't you think you might need to consider? Don't you think you might need to think about this or, or be mindful of, of, of where you're heading or what that's leading to? You stubbornly and obstinately and very firmly affirm, I know what I'm doing. We hold fast to deceit. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said the first problem with people being able to do the right thing begins with the lies they tell themselves. You say, Brother Hughes, I don't lie. Not to others we may not. But we sure are guilty of doing it to ourselves. Amen. I'm not lost. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I'm a grown up. I graduated. I have a degree and a pedigree. We say things like, I'm not really lost. That means I'm not actually, I'm not truly lost. I I have an idea of where I am. Or we say, I know how to get back. I know what I've got to do. I know how to turn it around. And when I get ready, I'll turn it around. And God is watching all of this and he's puzzled. He is, he is at a, at a loss to understand a people that when it comes to natural living, if they fall down, they get right back up. If they make a wrong turn, they don't hesitate. They stop and turn around. But he said spiritually, spiritually, they just keep barreling down the highway at full speed. And the reason they keep going that way are the things that they're telling themselves. You know what I've learned about my flesh? My flesh likes for me to tell it what it wants to hear. Now, I don't, you probably don't have flesh like that, but I do. You probably don't struggle with this carnality like I struggle with my carnality. But I'll tell you this much, more times than I want to enumerate, my flesh has told me something was okay when God's word said, no, it's not okay. And the reason that people find it so hard to just do the right thing is because of the things that we tell ourselves, such as, I deserve a little happiness. I'm going to say that again. I deserve a little happiness. 
or this one. I don't deserve to be treated like that. Hallelujah. Or we say things like, well, I know a way. I, I know a way. I know how to get where I need to go. I know what I'm doing. You see, we justify staying in our condition by the lies that we tell ourselves. We want everybody else to be truthful with us. You know, there's nothing that I despise any more than somebody that lies to me. But I'm not anywhere near as hard on me lying to myself of justifying, of making allowances in room and say, well, you know, you were hurt or this was not right or this was not fair and, 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 and this is just the way life is and, and all of that. And God's standing, he, he's looking at me, he's saying, what's wrong with this picture? You would not think of doing that if it came to natural things. You would immediately respond. You would immediately set into action to turn it, to somehow stop the tide from going. You would immediately set in motion things that would put you back in the right place. But he said when it comes to your relationship with me, or more than that when it comes to your relationship with these We withhold forgiveness because they don't deserve to be forgiven. We withhold mercy because they don't deserve mercy. We withhold the love that has been given to us multiplied times over. But we refuse to give it to them because of what they have done to us. The reason it's hard to do the right thing is because of the lies we tell ourselves. The second thing is that he said they refuse to return. They refuse to turn around. Now, the word refuse means to resist. To resist acknowledging or admitting. To become blind in a sense to our own actions. And to not see what is obvious. And we are unwilling. We are not accepting. We actually are denying. And this is what the Lord said. The second reason people struggle with doing the right thing is because we live in a state of denial that things are really the way they are. I'm not as bad as they think I am. I'm not as far as you think I am. I I haven't done the things that you think I have. And we allow our minds to trap us. No, we're not on the wrong road. I know exactly where I am. I know exactly what I want to be. I know exactly where I want to go. No, 
I haven't fallen down. The world has just turned upside down. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Why it's so hard just to do the right thing? Because we are fighting these things that try to prevent us from doing what we ought to do, and that's get up. You were not made to be down. You were not made to go in the wrong direction. God did not design you for that purpose. And somehow, if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to move into this state of denial that things are really like they are. And because we deny it, we we think that it does not exist, that we're not really down. That we're not really moving in the wrong direction. That we're not as, we're not as far away as we, we, as it appears we are. It's it just, it, it, it's, it's an figment of your imagination. I, I, I'm not what you think I am. And so we stubbornly cling to our own thoughts and we, we, we are, we are resistant to any suggestion that we might humble ourselves or that we might recognize there may be something here. There may be some truth to this. There may be something that God's trying to speak into your life today. If you would just open your ears and hear, if you would just allow me to speak directly to you. Amen. 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 Stubbornness. I don't know. I I think that's probably one of those things that gets in all of our ways. How many times has it wrecked marriages? Oh, yeah. How many times has it wrecked relationships? Well, it's not my place to forgive. It's not my place to make it. It's not my place to go speak to them. It, It... we find a way to hold on to our hurt and hold on to our wounds and hold on to the injustice that's done and the abuse or whatever else. And I'm not trying, I'm not making light of that. I'm just saying that God is pointing out that there is an absolute better way to live than to live trapped by a state of denial that the reason God's mercy is there, God's help is there, God's healing is there, the bomb is there, everything that I need to recover is there, but I am in denial that there's anything wrong. Me? No, you're not. We got our pitchfork out. Yeah. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm talking to you. How many relationships are strained this morning in our lives because of just old-fashioned stubbornness? My Again, my dad said it was called bullheadedness. You ever heard that term? I'm, I'm just gonna, I, 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 that's just the way I am, Brother Hughes. That's just the way I am. I, I, I just, when I, when I get an, an idea, when I get a feeling, I'm hard to move. That's a dangerous place to be. A hard place to move. I don't ever want to get to the place where it's hard for God to move me. I don't want God to have to take death or the loss of something precious in my life to wake me up and make me realize, hey, there's some things going on in your life you need to be aware of. You need to wake up and listen. God is speaking into your life right now. 
man. I don't want that. I, I don't want to be so stubborn in my self-will and I'm going to do it my way. And I'm, I, if, if, if they, again, if it busts hell wide open, it doesn't matter. This is me. This is my personality. This is just the way I am. Amen. They refused to return. The third thing he said, God said this. He said, I have listened to them carefully. I have listened to them, straining to hear what coming out of their mouth. What are they saying? And this is what he heard. But they do not speak honestly. And none of them regret the evil he has done. And none of them say, I've done wrong. I've done wrong. I've taken the wrong turn. I've thought the wrong things. I've had the wrong attitude. I've entertained the wrong spirit. None of them say, I've done wrong. And all of them persist in their own wayward course. And God spoke to me and said, this is the third thing. The most deadly issue that humanity struggles with. In doing the right thing. It is evil. And it is pernicious. And is an issue. Of pride. 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 He said you will not say. The right thing. Think about that. They would not say. The right thing. All God needed from them at that moment was the right words to come out of their mouth. And God would have immediately set in motion and he would immediately begin to work and operate to help orchestrate the turning around of their life. But he said, I listened, I kept hearing, I I, I strained my ear to hear, but I never heard anybody say, oh God, help me. I made a mistake. God, I'm down. I need to get back up because pride has a way of trapping us in our failures and it's hard to admit it it's hard to acknowledge it's hard coming to an altar I mean everybody's watching this up here everybody's eyes are on this place if I come up there somebody's going to they're going to see me who cares if somebody sees you the most important thing is that God sees you and that's what God's looking for he's looking for an indication he's looking for some kind of movement in your life that will let him know hey I'm moving in the right direction God said if you'll do that I'm the bomb I'm the help I'm the healing I'm the restoration that's needed But I need you to at least give me an opportunity to do that in your life. I need you to give me the chance to restore you. And it begins when you simply realize, oh God, I've made a mistake. And he said the thing that prevents us most often from ever admitting that is our own stinking pride. It's hard to humble yourself. And go to somebody and say, man, I am so sorry. 
I said some things I shouldn't have said. I did some things I shouldn't have done. I didn't mean to offend you. I I didn't mean to act that way toward you. I, I I, I didn't intend for it to come out. It's so hard to just say the right thing. What is the right thing? Forgive me. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I got messed up in my mind. I, I let my heart get messed up. I don't know what I was even thinking. But I'm, I was going the wrong direction and I realized that I just want you to help me. I, forgive me. I, I'm, I'm sorry. And God was all, all we, all He was waiting on to release all of His bounty and all of His goodness, all the glory of heaven that could come down in a moment. He said, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no, no, is there no physician to heal? And the obvious answer is yes, there is bomb in Gilead. There is a physician that can heal, but He said, you prevent me from doing what I love to do best. Because you allow a little pride to keep you trapped on a pew or trapped in a world. And all God's looking for is just a mouth that opens and somebody begins to speak the right thing. Oh God, forgive me. God help me. I've made a mistake. I'm going in the wrong direction. I don't want this for my family. I don't want this for my marriage. I don't want this for my life. And we, we, when we speak those things, we actually are releasing God to begin to move and operate and do what He does best. And this is the amazing thing to me, that a God who could speak three words, three words, let there be, and mountains and streams and fish and deer and trees and stars and universes could come into existence. And all God needs to do this morning is to hear me open my mouth and say forgive me and he releases all of that to come into my life and help me and restore me and renew me and revive me and put me back on the right path and help me get back where I need to go all God's waiting on is somebody just to say God help me amen let's stand I feel the Holy Ghost right now you see pride is killing a lot of us right now. It keeps us wrapped in chains. It steals our victory. It pilfers our possibilities. It hinders revival. It prevents return. It steals the peace. It prohibits reconciliation. It sabotages joy. It destroys hope. I wonder what could be healed today. What could be healed in this place today? By somebody just opening their mouth and saying, Oh God, help me. Help me. I didn't mean to get this way. I I didn't even realize I was in this place. Life just knocked me down. Somebody hurt me. Somebody wounded me. And I may be up on the outside, but my inner man is struggling today. 
My inner man is struggling to be what you've designed me to be. Oh, God, help us today. And this is the conclusion of the physician's examination of the patient. He said, and what makes it even more difficult for me to help them is that everyone turned to his own course. As the horse rusheth into battle. And this is what the Lord spoke to me last week. He said the reason people find it so hard to do the right thing. Is because we keep busy. Thinking that busy will make us better. And busy does not make anything better. It just saps my strength. It takes away my will. Oh God, I wish I had the ability to preach today. I wish I had the power and the authority as the word spoke to Jeremiah. Moreover, I have something directly that I'm talking to you about. I'm not talking to just general things. I'm talking to you individually. There's something that's not right. There's a direction that shouldn't be. There's a spirit that you're struggling with. And he said, I can help you. I I can turn that around if you will just give me an opportunity. I can release you from that bitterness. I can release you from that hatred. I can release you from that darkness. I can, I can get you out from under that cloud that just keeps sweeping in over your life. One day it seems to go away and the next day it's right back. God said, I want to do something permanent this morning. I want to drive those clouds. I want to move them completely out of the way. I want to make a clear path for you so that you can hurt. You can come back. You can make it to, to the place that you need to be. I want you to understand where I am. I'm waiting on you. Reach over and take somebody by the hand right now. God, would you help us to understand this morning that we're not waiting on you, but you are waiting on us. Just to, to somehow wrestle down, to quit telling ourselves all of these things that, that are not true. Justifying our position and keeping us trapped in a world that is not your will for our lives. You did not design me or create me to be a fallen being. You created me to be a son. You created her to be a daughter. You created us to be your children. You did not create us to live in a broken state. You did not design us to live in a dysfunctional world. You did not build us, Lord, so that we could be broken to pieces. But you have built us so that we could stand as pillars in the temple. Though we could stand as part of the body of Christ. God, today I'm asking you to reach out your hand and begin to draw that person God, turn that person. 
What could happen today, God? What kind of healing could be released in this place today if I would just say the right thing? What kind of miracle of restoration could happen in this place if I would just do the right thing? If I would just get up. Oh God, he said, if you'll get up, I'll step in. If you'll just get up, I'll, I'll take care of the rest. I'll heal you. I'll restore you. I'll revive you. I'll renew you. I'll speak. Say, Brother Hughes, I didn't come for this kind of service. Well, I didn't either, but this is what the Lord gave. And I'm glad that God has enough love for me that he will speak to my life. Even when I'm not really wanting to hear what he's got to say, he speaks anyway. Amen. You know, I feel the hand of God on this place right now. I feel God tugging. He's talking to somebody right now. A lot of the destruction that's in your life right now, a lot of the turmoil, a lot of the chaos, a lot of the confusion that's in your world right now could be done away with. God would eliminate it. He would help and it would be dissolved. It would vanish like a vapor and a mist if you would just open your mouth and begin to say the right thing. I need you, God. I need need your your help today. I need to draw close to you, God. I need to be nearer to where I, where you have called me to be. I'm not where, where I need to be, God. I've been trying to do some right things, but doing right things doesn't make for a right outcome.